Welcome to the podcast. Uh, another day in apocalypse land as we deal with the coronavirus. Uh, are you cash hoarding? It's a big problem. Are you taking your money out of your bank? That could be limited. That could be labeled as cash hoarding if you don't if you don't watch it. And we're now having people across the country who are calling nine one one because they're out of toilet paper. Not really advisable, uh, but you may want to uh, you may want to know about that story. Also, Thomas Massey, uh, the representative, is j- uh, joining us, talking to us about the not only what's going on with coronavirus, but also the FISA authorization and what happens after this. Because if we have a big situation where we're giving up power and we're giving up power to the government, how does that play out later on? And Daniel Horowitz is watching all the money they're spending and uh, all the new stimulus programs that we're about to get hit with. It is a, it's one of those things where we're looking at a current crisis going on now and we're setting the ground for another crisis once this one is over. We look at both sides of that. You can also uh, watch Glenn's special tonight. It's on coronavirus. What do you need to know? You can, uh, any question that you have, you can hashtag GB just the facts, hashtag GB just the facts to get your answer, uh, your question answered on their coronavirus special tonight. That is at 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, an hour before that, you can get the show with me, Stu Does America, in which we're going to... We've got a little uh, news on the New York Times uh, that we've discovered. We're going to get into that, which is an amazing piece of hypocrisy. Go over and uh, click on Stu Does America and uh, search for that and click on subscribe uh, on your podcast app now. And here is the podcast. Daily stats come from Johns Hopkins, and they are as of 5.30 a.m. Central Time. Total confirmed cases worldwide, 202,000. That's up from 185. That's a big jump. Uh, total confirmed deaths worldwide, 8,000, up from 7,300 yesterday. Total confirmed recovered, 82,000, up from 79,000 yesterday. 167 countries have confirmed cases, up from 162. Four more have suspected cases. How many countries are there? There's 170, aren't there, Stu? Do you know? I mean, that uh, number always fluctuates, but... I, yeah, I think it's 190. 190? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot so of... So almost countries, every... Yeah, the countries without examples, though, just aren't... They're not testing in Madagascar, I don't think. Correct, correct. Uh, and the uh, all continents have it now, I think, except for Antarctica, which, hey, I'm willing to carry eggs on my feet, <laughs> if that's what it takes to stay, you know, free and, uh, and uh, virus-free. Yeah, I'll do it. Six percent of active cases are now considered serious, requiring hospitalization. That's steady from six percent yesterday, but down from 19 percent just three weeks ago. The U.S. now has six thousand five hundred and twenty four confirmed cases and one hundred and sixteen deaths. That's up from forty seven hundred cases just yesterday and ninety three deaths just yesterday. The U.S., now all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., and four U.S. territories have at least one confirmed case. West Virginia was the lone holdout, and they got a confirmed case yesterday. Doctors are now urging younger patients. COVID-19 causes permanent lung damage to all survivors. Doctors in Belgium treated several younger victims here recently. They took a CAT scan and realized they are suffering from severe lung damage. 
this validates or seems to validate a report out of Hong Kong and Korea that even the younger victims who recover from COVID-19 may have permanent lung dang- damage due to the scarring of the lung tissue. 20% permanent loss in lung function. That's huge, especially if you're in 20s. And you're going to lose 20% lung function when you're 20. That's not good. These are younger people, they say, did not smoke. They have no other conditions. They had nothing. They got it. They survived. Then they got a chest X-ray uh, or a, uh, a, um, a CAT scan, a CT scan. And when they got the CT scan, they realized, holy cow, there's real serious damage. Yesterday, the president uh, pushed for 210 billion free dollars every month to U.S. adults. President pressed uh, Secretary Steve Mnuchin to give uh, checks to $1,000 per person per month to all Americans starting in two weeks. And when I say all Americans, all Americans except millionaires. The $1,000 per month stimulus would cost $210 billion every month. There are 209 million American adults over the age of 18. Millionaires do not receive uh, this money. If you're bored during the COVID-19 quarantine, Dr. Oz came out and said, I have an idea, have sex. Okay, thank you, Dr. Oz. U.S. hospital ships have been uh, have been activated now. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper confirmed that two hospital ships have been activated, will be anchored off the east and west coast of the U.S. Stu, can I just ask you a question? Did anybody think, I don't know, cruise ships? <laughs> yeah, no. kind of a bad idea. <laughs> well, I, th- <laughs> yeah. I think what the what they're doing with that is they're putting the people who are in the hospitals for other reasons on the ship for other reasons. So yeah. they can clear out right. the actual hospitals for the COVID patients. It's a theory, right. but it, I don't think because there's going to the, be any because the military, going on. Right. Military doesn't have, they, they don't, they, they're not prepared to deal with this. They're, they're, you know, trauma. Uh, and so I think all the trauma is going on to those ships, but the, once one person gets it on one of those ships, I mean, they're going to be traveling around looking for a port to come in, you know, without without uh, Stephen Edie Gourmet doing the, you know, doing the entertainment um, type A blood may be more likely to catch COVID-19 people with type A blood. Do you know what kind of blood you have? I, Besides red? No, no, I would say no. I don't really know off the top of my head. Those with type O also um, are at risk, obviously, but type A significantly more uh, likely to catch. This according to China. A study in Wuhan, the epicenter of disease, also found with type blood uh, A, type A blood, there's, you're more likely to die from COVID-19 with no clear indication on why that may be true. COVID-19 now may be cured by an existing antiviral drug cocktail. Doctors in Queensland Center for uh, Clinical Research, that's in Australia, pressing Australian authorities to grant him leave to begin human clinical trials by the end of the month. Professor Patterson, who is an infectious disease physician at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital, said it's not a stretch to label the drugs a treatment or a cure. He says it's potentially a very effective treatment. The doctor did warn that even if the antiviral drugs prove to be effective, it may take months to get the studies through the human clinical trials. We can test this in the first way. Is anybody else thinking about all the tests that are going on 
and uh, how we're rushing, and then and then think of uh, what is it? I am Legend. Wasn't that the Will Smith uh, movie, the Omega Man? <laughs> yeah. Thing didn't wasn't that a when they they were trying to fight a virus and then they came up with a vaccine and it was turning people into vampires or so, something like that. I mean, I just don't want to be a vampire, Stu. Of all the things, I will promise yeah. to kill you if you turn into a zombie. I'll shoot you in the head. Will you shoot me in the head? Will you be my friend and shoot me in the head? Well, I didn't ask Only if you I'm to a, promise me. So I, I no, I'll do it. I'll do it. No, I don't need I'll to. Do it. I didn't I'm pretty ask, sure there was not a request you made. You look a little like a zombie <laughs> right now. I'm glad we're social distancing Amazon. right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Amazon no longer shipping cheap clothes and knickknacks to warehouses. Okay, I don't. Can you define knickknacks? I mean, because, I mean, who buys knickknacks? Who's like, on like, you know what? I need a knickknack. Nobody goes out to buy a knickknack. I think knickknacks are just purchased. You know, it's an impulse thing. Nobody. Have you ever heard anybody go, you know what? I just got it. I just moved into my house and what it needs is some knickknacks. No, no one. No one goes out to buy knickknacks, but they do fill your house right. on every shelf. They do fill your house, mm-hmm. but. Do you know that they're knickknacks? I mean, Amazon might think that some things are knickknacks that I think are essential. I can't think of any right now. <laughs> well, I think they're just, but, they just they blew up as like they're not Amazon's not going to be shipping anything anymore uh, to to houses. But it's I think it's just if you're a third party seller, Amazon stores your things at their warehouses to send out, and they're not going to be doing that oh, anymore. Okay, so I th- I think you can still order the knickknacks. The knickknacks can still be purchased. Uh, they're just okay. coming to you a different Oof. way. Good. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to panic on knickknacks. <laughs> I'm hoarding all these knickknacks. Uh, first dog diagnosed with COVID-19 has died. Now, when I first read that, I thought, Donald Trump has a dog? Because oh. he does not seem like a dog guy. Oh, my gosh. If I had to attach an animal to him, I think I would attach a cat to him. Don't you think? He's more of a cat person, isn't he? I think, I think like an, an iguana on a leash. Like just just walking through like a diamond, a diamond <laughs> yeah, leash, a diamond leash carried by someone else. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's really an animal person. Maybe he is, uh, but uh, no, it's not the first dog. It's the first dog diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Can you imagine going to the center and saying, "I need my dog tested. I need my dog tested." I thought they were clear that you're not, you weren't allowed to, or the dogs didn't get it, and now they're saying they do. Yeah. I feel like they change this yeah, every two days, and I know I it's agree. difficult, but it's really hard I to agree. figure out what to do. Like masks don't—they don't mean anything. You don't need a mask; they don't—they're not effective at all. What kind of moron would be wearing a mask? And then yesterday they're like, "Oh yeah. yeah, by the way, you should definitely be wearing masks if you go out in public." It's like, wait, yeah, could we just, could could we just? Could we just go through some of this here on the because uh, the whole mask thing really kind of uh, pisses me off uh, because they do make a huge difference. The masks, exactly what Stu said here is this is from the New York Times. Oh, yeah, this is the headline. Oh, yeah. Masks really do work. Okay, so now they've come out and what they've said is uh, we just want you to know that the mask thing, uh, what we needed is we needed people to stop buying masks. So we told everybody that masks didn't work. I told you at the time, of course they work. Why are they saying masks don't work? And besides, we need them at the hospital to make our doctors feel better. 
Uh, Doc, uh, this is a super secret special mask. Uh, it makes you uh, completely impervious to this uh, virus. Just put this on. What? Doctors wouldn't be wearing it if it didn't work. Of course. But they decided to go ahead and lie to us and tell us that these things didn't work so people would stop buying them. It's so unbelievably irresponsible. This is yeah. governments and media cannot do these things. Yeah, they even admit Just it. Just tell us. Even admit it in the article. I mean, in the in the story, they say like, yeah, you know, it was good intentions and they just wanted to make sure that people were able to get them where they needed them. They didn't want people to go out and rush and get them. So they just said they did. They wouldn't work. It's like, well, well it was you, good intentions. I, it was good intentions, too, when we rounded up the Chinese. Well, we're just trying to or Japanese. We're just trying to make sure that <laughs> nobody, you know, no good intentions don't count. Yeah, no, that's they not, don't count. Yeah, not a good not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. Healthcare workers across New York City are bracing for a surge of COVID-19 patients who need hospital care. Everything is being rationed. Send one nurse in a Queens hospital where the floor was just converted to the first COVID-19 floor. She, she said um, it was empty two days ago. Now it's full with two dozen patients. Uh, we went from donning and doffing gowns. That's a quote. We went from donning and doffing gowns. What do I, hmm. uh, I, I, I've heard donning, uh, don your gown, doffing your gown. <laughs> Who is this? Who is this? Somebody who is way too much stupid, like literature kind of uh, education. Doffing, it's an actual word, should be used more often. It's very different than donning a gown. It's very prominent in gown culture. Right. What is, can you look it up? Did you look it up? D-O-F-F-I-N-G, doffing. Uh, and now it says, we went from donning and doffing gowns only in patient rooms to being told we can wear the same gown in two positive corona patient rooms oh in other words supplies are running short n95s are running short those are being rationed don't worry those don't work i hear nurse said they may add many more beds to the ward as she works uh and two or more floors in the hospital may be con- uh, converted in the coming days this is why those hospital ships are going out you find donning and uh, doffing? doffing it's t- uh, to remove they could have so just said donning. <laughs> ah, so donning is putting it on. Doffing is taking it off. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's how you can remember it really so, easily. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. So, uh, you know, if you, I, I, I hate to break it to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jane Austen here, but you could just put, you could just say, we went from taking our gowns and putting them on and off. You could do that instead of the donning and doffing, but. I don't drink tea with my pinky out either, so what do I know? You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program, Congressman Thomas Massey. Thomas, 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 Thomas. This is quite a statement. I fear the actions taken by our government will make FDR's internment of the Japanese Americans look like a light touch. You want to explain that? Tell me how you've uh, you arrived at that. Sure. I am, I'm really disturbed at how accepting people are of some of the things that the governors are doing, particularly my governor. Uh, you know, they posted sheriff deputies outside of a man's home here in Kentucky 
because they said he tested positive and they wanted mm-hmm. to make sure he didn't go anywhere. What mm-hmm. were they going to do if he came out and got in his car? Were they going to shoot him? I mean, you know, this is what we're coming to, and it's very concerning to me. They, you know, they've never done this if you have the flu or if you have AIDS. Do they, do they come to your house and put you under house arrest? No. So they, they need to have justification for this. The man deserves at least due process, I think. And it's just a harbinger of more things to come. I'm used to seeing this in China, but I think we're going to see some of those disturbing videos of people being dragged, kicking and screaming by people in hazmat suits. I'm worried we're going to see that before this is over with. So, Thomas, I am I am so with you. So now let's have an adult conversation where nobody's pointing fingers at each other and calling people names, because uh, I know you're more than capable of, of, of having those kinds of conversations. Um, here's the, here's the, the, the crux of the problem. We do live in a Republic, so we should never expect that. We should never allow that. Um, uh, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't endorse it, uh, just even by ignoring it. However, we have this, this pandemic and what do we do to make sure that people are taking it seriously? You know, especially because I think of the media, the media has done is so discredited themselves that people who who, you know, believe in Donald Trump, they're not taking it as seriously because they think this is all just a media hoax. How do we get people to comply without becoming China? What do you suggest? Well, we yeah, we do need to take this very seriously, and uh, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, so I'm glad you pointed right. that out. Right. Um, at first blush, it would seem that dictatorships and communism, which uh, its main feature is central planning, are at an advantage in an outbreak like this, right? They're not constrained by a constitution. They just, uh, you know, they tell you to stay put if they want you to stay put, and you do what you're told. And it would seem like they have an advantage. And so that's why I fear some of the reaction here by elected officials in the United States is to go in that direction. But don't give up the free market. We have a tremendous advantage here that they don't have. The economic incentive to solve this problem is immense. And if we free up the markets to do that, we could have astounding results. If you deregulate so how, go ahead. Yeah, the people that come up with test kits, imagine if a test kit costs $5 and you could buy it now on Amazon, okay? You could, and obviously you'd have to retest and test because one negative doesn't prove that you're never going to have it, right? right. Uh, but then you could go on about your life that day. Take the kit, <laughs> show somebody that you've tested uh, that day. Maybe it's on your phone. And you could go about working in a restaurant. And I know there are people who are asymptomatic who can spread the disease, spread the virus. But it's a fact that you have to have the virus to spread the virus. And a test should show that. I also think we need another kind of test, Glenn, that isn't out there yet. And and I'd like to see the free market work on it. We need a test that shows whether you've had this virus and you've overcome it, you've recovered, whether you were symptomatic right. or asymptomatic, because those people are like super citizens right now, right? There's no reason right. they should be stopped from going to work. There's no reason, 
they should be stopped for caring for the elderly. And I know there's the question as to whether maybe you could get reinfected, but we're three or four months into this disease, this virus. People, we need to answer that question too, but it seems highly uh, unlikely compared to the general population that you could get reinfected if you've recovered from this. So I think, for instance, if you go to a hospital and you get treated and you're recovered, you should get some kind of government ID that says, hey, I'm virus-free, don't stop me. Uh, you know, these are some of the things that we could do. It's almost like you, you should get a birth certificate once you've been through this virus, if it is mm. the case that you have a natural immunity. But we need a test to show whether you have those antibodies in your system, because that's important to coming back out of this. Here's my question to every government official that's turned something off, right, whether, it, whether they turned off our whole restaurant industry like they did here in Kentucky. The question is, what model were you using? Like, what's your plan? And when are you going to turn it back on? Like, don't tell me you just, turn, you just shut down the whole restaurant industry on a hunch. Mm-hmm. Show me the model. People need facts and data, not reassurances from politicians. So I agree with you on Thomas. I, I have been trying to find the tripwires that our governments are using because I'm in business yeah. and I'd like to know what their tripwires are. Um, you know, how how do you know when to take it to the next level? How do you know what, what are the metrics on this? And I can't get them from anyone. It's it really is like everybody's just going on a hunch. Uh, and it's good to, it, you know, it's better to sometimes uh, um, to overreact in your personal life if it means just prepare. It doesn't, it's not a good thing when a government overreacts. We, we need to find that balance. And I don't know what those, I don't know what those trip lines are. I can't make heads or tails of them. Right. What are the, what are the trip wires for shutting things down? But more importantly. And turning them on. Yeah, turning them on. When are you going to turn them on? Now, I do think so, that a lot of a, a lot of reaction from the public and a, a lot of reaction from the government is based on fear of the unknown. But I also think it's wise to be prepared for the worst case. So the only sure. way we start narrowing down our response is we start getting more data and more facts. Just some government official who's turned something off needs to come out in public and say, "Here's the worst case." guys, here's the worst case. And here's what we're going to do to bound that worst case. So, Thomas, here's the thing that, you know, they're, they're talking about every bill that's going through right now is said, you know, until the end of this emergency. Well, there are national emergencies declared by Jimmy Carter that are still in effect. <laughs> so when is the end of this so-called emergency? Um, and I do believe it's an emergency, but we are we by our steps we may be saving lives but we also by our steps are destroying our economy and i think that thing's going to go last for a very long time i think we're easily headed for a depression if we don't pull up and this doesn't end pretty soon so when we're looking at things how hard will it be to get the Congress and and the Senate and the White House to think in the opposite direction. Give money to those who have lost their jobs. We already have that. We don't need a new system. Just open up the gates so anybody who doesn't have a job, they can go get that assistance so they don't lose their house or they, they can pay their rent and whatever. Um, 
But for everybody else, I think we have to structure everything instead of the government giving us stuff. The government has to stop taking things. So in other words, let's say no taxes for the next eight months. None. No federal taxes at all. And the only reason why I say this is if we say no taxes until the end of this emergency. Oh, my gosh. The people in Washington are going to be awfully eager to end this emergency. But if they're giving us stuff, they have no incentive to end this emergency because it makes them popular with certain groups and people. Right. And most of the governors, you know, it's a free transaction for them to shut stuff down right now. And and I was looking for that tripwire. When do they turn things back on? And at first I thought, well, when the state workers don't get paid and they show up at the capitals, at the state capitals, because the tax Mm -hmm. revenue isn't there from the restaurant workers or whatever businesses were shut down. I thought that's when they'll turn it back on. But then I went back to D.C. and I looked in the eyes of my colleagues. And what I realized is that they're ready to bail out anything, airlines, state governments, individuals. They're ready to bail it all out. This may be the thing that breaks our monetary system. And by the way, we can and, and breaks and breaks the capitalist system, breaks the entire oh, capitalist system. I think we're already operating on the modern monetary theory. I think we're already doing it through the Fed. Oh, everybody's a Keynesian now up in Washington, D.C. And look, <sighs> we could survive a 10 percent drop in GDP. But here's a question. Could we su- could we survive a 10 percent drop in food production? Because I've got local seed stores. A, a seed store, they sell fertilize and seed right now to the farmers that are planting their fields here in the next few weeks. If they shut down, that's going to have a, a tremendous ripple effect, not just in the GDP, but in our ability to feed folks. So the question that I think our politicians aren't answering, and the epidemiologists, okay, they're doing a, a great job of modeling what could happen in which scenarios, but they're not modeling their models don't take into account what if the trash doesn't get picked up and rats start roaming, you know, uh, places in large numbers. What, you know, well, I think Tom, down- I, th- I just I read that trash collection is part of essential services. There are some things that are not closed and then most of them have to do with sanitary uh, and uh, and food oh, production. Good. Yeah, well, look, when they shut down the restaurants here in Kentucky, Guess what? They also shut down about 70% of the restrooms that the public uses. Mm. I watched a guy with a service dog try to get into an Arby's, and the door was locked. And look, I've been to countries, large countries, and I don't want to be called xenophobic, so I'm not going to tell you which countries, but I've seen humans defecate in the streets, and diseases run rampant there. And so, you know, I don't think our, our... the governor intended to shut down all these restrooms, but he shut down restrooms. I don't know what where I don't know where that individual who was trying to get into Arby's. By the way, he didn't go stand in line at the drive-through. He didn't want to order food. It was pretty sure to me. I don't know what he did. He and I don't know if he was homeless. Did he have a home? Anyways, you know. And here's the other thing, Glenn: Is the government going to hold a gun to the sanitation worker's head and say, "Go to work today"? Like yeah. if I know we're on the side where they say, OK, they're essential <sighs> employees, so we're not going to stop them from working. But are they going right. to come around to the side where they're going to force them to work? 
This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight's show uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern time is all about one thing, the facts. No hyperbole, no politics, no opinion. Basically the exact opposite of you're getting from everywhere else and the majority of Washington regarding the, did did I almost say Wuhan virus? Oh, I can't wait to explain that one tonight. Uh, We're going to explore what's happening in our economy. How is this all playing out with just the facts? You'll have a new understanding of what we're facing and what we're dealing with tonight. Uh, Also on the program, I have uh, uh, Syra Madad. Now, she is a doctor and a senior director of System Special Pathogens Program for New York Health and Hospitals. You might know her because she's featured in the Netflix documentary Pandemics. I don't know if you've seen How to Prevent an Outbreak. Uh, the timing on that one was extraordinary, but she is somebody who went out and fought Ebola and and all of these others. She's like a little, I think a little nuts where she's like, you know what? Just got to go out there and do it. And she lives for this stuff. She's taking precious time away from fighting this virus to bring the latest facts and answer your questions. If you have a question you'd like her to answer something about this you don't understand or you haven't heard anybody address Please send your question to hashtag GB Just the Facts. Just tweet it with the hashtag GB Just the Facts. And uh, we'll be live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com, Blaze TV YouTube, and Pluto TV. Now on Pluto TV. And of course, always available on demand for our subscribers at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Subscribe now. And uh, you'll get all of our archives, including all of the history things that you can watch with your family, all of the specials that we've done, really good stuff to binge watch. Just the Facts is the hashtag. That's the name of the show tonight, Coronavirus Just the Facts. Tonight, 9 p.m., blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. All right, I want to introduce you to somebody. I I saw this, uh, what, I think yesterday, an honor student at the University of Nevada, Reno, created something after her mom mentioned that she should call all of the elderly neighbors to see if they needed anything during the pandemic. So Jade Powell decided, yeah, we can do something. So she started a GoFundMe page now because this is just uh, taken, uh, really taken off. By the way, I just got a note about the uh, earthquake in um in utah please if you experience that i'd like to hear from you just call us 888-727-BCK let me get an update it was almost a six on the richter scale it was a 5.7 on the richter scale um so jay decided she was going to get some friends and she started with uh, the girls in her sorority and they started buying groceries uh, for the elderly people around their neighborhood. And it is spread all across the country now. She joins us. Her organization she just started is called Shopping Angels. Hi, Jade. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm very good. So so tell me what you what you now have. I know this started with just a group of your friends, but what has it turned into? Um, it's been overwhelming we have had interest in starting local branches of shopping angels um in all four corners of the country uh literally washington maine florida or just a few of the states um we've had we have somebody in hawaii starting 
stuff. Uh, we've got interest in Canada and even New Zealand. Um, mm. So it's been really, really uh, overwhelming, but awesome to see how the communities have come together to try and make something for the community that is most at risk for getting sick because of the outbreak. Okay, so now what do you what do you do exactly if let's say you want to volunteer? What do you do? What are you volunteering for? So what is most common um, is the they clients will contact me directly with like a shopping list of up to ten items, and um, they also give me their address, and then I will uh, pair them with a volunteer that's in their area. So once I find a volunteer that is in their area, I text them and I ask them hey, are you able to pick this order up? And then usually they say yes, and they will go to the store and try to pick up the items that are on this list. And then they purchase them at first out of pocket, and then they go and meet up with the client outside of their home. And then the client just pays for the groceries themselves. They don't pay for any delivery fees or any, um, you know, they don't pay for the time that we spend going to different stores or anything like that. And uh, and how many volunteers do you have? Do you have any idea yet? Um, so we're still trying to organize uh, nationwide volunteers. Um, so yeah. we've actually created email addresses for um, every state in the U.S. And we have gotten some help from some companies in starting a form stack. So we now are able to accept up to 100,000 people um, at a time. Wow. So we're still trying to get the exact number nationwide, but I know we have about 100 volunteers uh, between Reno and Las Vegas, and we do have some in the smaller cities like Laughlin and Gardnerville. So um, how do people contact you if, you know, an elderly person needs help and needs somebody to go to the grocery store? How do they, how do, how do they find you or how do you find so, them? Yeah, so there's a the form stack that you can sign up to volunteer for. You can also use to request assistance. Um, so it's a really easy link. It's on our Facebook page, and you just click on it, and it asks for your basic information like your name and your address and your contact info, and then it asks you to choose whether you're trying to volunteer or request assistance. And so that's how we're getting some of the requests right now. Um, or you can email your local uh, state email and just say, you know, this is our situation. We really need some help. And then the state coordinator, um, we're still trying to get every state a coordinator, but the state coordinator will then reach out to you in regards to trying to find a volunteer to pick up mm -hmm. your order or try to help you out. Jade, thank you so much. I just wanted to give you a shout out. I just think what you're doing is really, really great. Uh, you're an honor student. You want to be a nurse, do you not? Or a doctor? Where, where are you going after this? Yeah, I'm a pre-med student, so I'm hoping to go to medical school in a couple years. Great, great. Well, good for you. Um, it sounds like you have your heart in the right place. Uh, Jade Powell, and the Facebook address is facebook.com slash shoppingangelsnv for Nevada, shoppingangelsnv. Thanks so much, Jade. They're trying to, by the way, they're trying to raise 30, uh, 30 grand on their GoFundMe page. Just go to GoFundMe under the name Shopping Angels. They're trying to raise 30 grand. 
I think we can help them with that. Uh, if you would like to donate to uh, the people trying to help people that just cannot get out, anybody over 60 or they have a weakened immune system, that's who they're trying to help. Facebook.com slash Shopping Angels NV or go to their GoFundMe page uh, right now. This is this is what a free market does. And this is the spirit of America that we have always had that whether anybody knows it or not, this is the free market. You don't have to wait around for the government. And this is so critically important because this is the kind of stuff that we are now talking about flushing down the toilet. Anybody that says, oh, you know what? We got to get we just have to have universal uh, single payer health care and we got to get rid of all these private companies and we should nationalize all these companies. No, that kills this spirit. This spirit. 